This is our last, the last part of Refuge in God. This is part four, I believe. I was starting to count them the other day, and I'm going, okay, this is the last one. And we're starting a new series next week. You don't want to miss it called All Things. And I'm excited for it. I was also, also excited for this one here, because when I planned it out, I knew that I was going to do the last one, and I, I, I had been waiting for three weeks to do it. And I come, and I get it done, and I just... Well, I just sense that the Holy Spirit said, yeah, it's not going to be like that. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, let's start all over. And I did that many times. And so I'm here this morning knowing that I need this message as much as you do. And there are certain things that I have settled, and I'm hoping that you will be able to settle as well as I preach this message. Now, we've been looking at the uh, Psalm 99 in regards to this. It says, the Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. A stronghold in times of, of struggle. If you had been listening and if you had been here, if not, let me just give you a little idea what it means, refuge in God. We discovered that refuge in God means this. It means a place of safety, security, and ultimate rest in our trials. Now, a lot of us, we don't stay in rest. We don't, we don't, we don't understand what does it mean to rest in our trials. Most of us, we become so weary and so undone and overwhelmed. The weariness of everything just buckles us. Do you, do you, do you, okay, I'm not the only one. All right, good. And oh, no, I'm, I'm not good that you guys are weary. No, that's not it. But I, I'm here to tell you that, you know, according to this, God wants to fight for us. But the question is, is do we believe it? And so this, a place of a place of refuge means it's a place that we flee to when the storms and enemies surround us. So are you in a storm right now? Are you in a trial that is so difficult that you can't see straight? But where are you fleeing to? We've been challenged in the last several weeks to figure out that God is a safe place to flee to. We've also been challenged last week that we should be abiding. That means remaining in the truth because it's easy for us that when we're going through something, a thought comes in and we run with a thought that has nothing to do with God. It steals our joy, steals our peace, and our ability to rest in a storm. Amen? Are we, do we not do that? And so when we see or say, when we see or say God is our refuge, it means this, that God is where I and you, we flee when trouble comes. So that was a challenge. Well, okay, let me think. All week this week, was I fleeing to God? A lot of us would say, "Mm, no. (laughs) But you know, that's good because we're all on a journey, beloved. But it's really learning to trust God in these journeys to understand that he does want us to understand that he is your refuge. We have every reason imaginable to believe that God is our refuge. When you and I made a decision to follow Jesus, we've received God as our refuge. That's the doorway. Jesus is the key. See, this refuge, the first thing that we felt, the refuge is salvation. 
And this is what Romans 10, 9, 9 to 10 says. It says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him up from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. When we are, this whole understanding of refuge is ours by virtue of what Jesus did. Now, how many the people that we know are are running everywhere to and fro to try to find a place of peace. Oh, let, let's not start about what we're living today. The people looking for hope, they're looking for peace. But it is through that refuge of salvation, first and foremost with Jesus, that we get rescued from the dangerous kingdom of darkness. It's a very dark place. And then what we have been done through, through faith is that God has brought us into the protection of the kingdom of light. So another word for salvation that we can see in scripture is deliverance. Who needs to be delivered of anxiety and fear and, you know, just, just discouragement and despair? Well, man, many of us. But this is where Jesus invites us. He invites us, take your rest in me. Let me work this out. Trust the provision that I've given you according to the covenant. I've given you everything you need. If you flee to your anxiety or to your control issues, then what you're saying to God, you know, God, I, you say that, but I don't believe that you're fighting for me. And so I have to stay in control. I have to fix it. I have to do what I think I need to do to, to stay alive. And so God is saying he wants to bring deliverance. He's inviting us to go to, to him for rest. Jesus is saying, I'm assuring you today that nothing could separate you from God. Jesus also says that you can rely on God's promises and that God will always fight for us. The question always comes down to, do we believe it? You just have to go to where you're fleeing to. What shelter are you going to when troubles, crisis, anxiety, frustrations, irritability, anger, bitterness? Where are you going for your answers? Are you fleeing to God to find that safe place, to find that wisdom you need to walk to God, to God, walk the right way? Now, we know in troubled times, sometimes we see this, what God does. Sometimes God, God's protection comes in a form of peace and strength in the middle of despair in your troubles. Have you ever experienced that? Is that your, your troubles are still there, but there's that peace that's underlying and a strength to walk through it. You see, I'm experiencing that right now. I'm experiencing that no matter what is happening, I know that I'm not going to miss a hitch because I know God is fighting for me because I'm sensing his peace and his strength. Sometimes we think it's a tangible thing, but it's really those things that really go, ding, oh, God is fighting. We also see uh, other times that God's protection comes as, a, a, as an ending, like something comes to an end, and here we are fighting tooth and nail not to let it end. But what if God saw things in the horizon and said, listen, I need this to end because I have something more for you. Stop fighting me on this one. You can't see it, but I can't. 
And as a believer of Jesus, we are promised a new life that's covered under the protection of God in which nothing, as I said, can separate us from his love. Nothing can take us away of that rest, but we have to learn to trust him, knowing that no matter what hardships come our way, God is our protector and our provider. We have to get this, this understanding, because we can, you can hear me today, but it doesn't mean you're listening. You can hear the sound of my voice, and it'll be just rambling words. But if you listen, that means you embrace, you connect, you are engaging with what I'm saying. Something will shift because the word of God says that his word does not go void. If you're coming to a place where you've been so hardened because you refuse to believe, trust me, nothing, Jeremiah 32 says, nothing is too hard for God. Not even your heart of heart. Not even your place of disobedience or stubbornness. God says, I'm here. I want to speak to you. 2 Thessalonians 3.3 says this, but the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. You know, this scripture was one that I held on for my boys for all of those years. I believe God was faithful and that even though in my eyes I'm going, oh God, how can you redeem this? God says, I got this. But it didn't mean that I saw this automatically. So I needed to rest in God's ability. I needed to, to understand that he can protect and provide for my children, even though that I had no way of changing any of it. The fact is, all of us go through seasons of life when we cannot see the light. We cannot see the end of this, this trial. Each day seems darker than the day before, and you sometimes even wonder if it's even going to get better. Beloved, it's sometimes not about being better. It's about what we're learning in it. We usually experience much doubt. Even sometimes we are unwilling at times to believe God's word when it comes to safety, that God does want to keep us safe. He wants to protect us. Isaiah 41.10, we know this one. A lot of you can even quote it. It says, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. He knows what's right, and he will do this. You see, he wants to provide because he says in Psalm 23 that he is a shepherd and we will lack nothing. And he is good. That means his will for me is good, acceptable, and perfect. I might not like it. I might not understand it. But if I know he's good, that means I will not doubt his goodness. That means when all of this, my fears come up and the doubts come up, I'm going to put them in their place. And I'm going to call out God in that place. I'm going to say, God, I believe you will fight for me and for my children and my children's children. When he gives a word, he doesn't stand back. He says, I will do it. It might not be this time or maybe in the next several years, but I do know he will do it. You see, his time frame is not ours. We need to have a spirit of understanding and wisdom when it comes to time because God doesn't function in time. We do. We need wisdom to navigate and not lose hope. 
So how do we move from going from our temporal shelters that we talked about? So we, we, we go to these safety nets and these shelters. And, you know, some of us, and actually a lot of you, I've been talking to a lot of you, and what I'm getting is God is on the move. Because a lot of things that you guys were running to, you don't want to run to anymore. Guess who's doing that for you? You see, if you let him move in you, if you get out of the way and say, okay, this is what I do when I'm fearful. This is what I do when I'm hurt. This is what I do when I'm disappointed. I don't want to act like this anymore. That's the the act of the flesh. I want to be governed by the spirit. How do you think you can do that? You have to believe that God is fighting for you. If you don't, I guarantee you, you're going to go right back to your defaults or those faulty shelters. And all of us are coming to that conclusion. They don't provide what they promise. Uh, how many times does your anger protect you from being hurt? None. Okay. How many times do your anxiety and your control issues, because you just don't believe anybody's for you, not even God, how, how many times does it really protect you? None. All right. We're on the same page. Thank you for coming. That was it. You got it. No. it's not that but so how do we get to that place of safety how do we make God that refuge well I think we can get the answer in scripture now the one thing that I know and I pulled out is that we've been hearing about Joshua and Caleb and that they were different than most of the other Israelites all right and so numbers 14 24 says this but because my servant Caleb was a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land uh, he went to, and his descendants will inherit it. Now, we know according to the story, if you've read the story, Caleb does. He gets the mountain, he gets the descendants, he fights, he gets a place, and God's glory is all over him. We also know that Joshua was part of this, because when you look at Numbers 13, he calls out the 12 spies, and the 10 that went and came back with the negatives, oh no, we can't go there, there's too many giants. They forgot that God has fought for them. They forgot all of the words that God had spoken to them and they actually were trying to convince the others oh no we can't do this it's just too impossible and it was only Joshua and Caleb now you know that Joshua and Caleb are the only two we hear from the other two we never hear from them again but Joshua and Caleb when you see this they were different They were different. Their heart was different than the 10 spies. See, the 10 spies were inclined towards their own reasoning, leaning on their own understanding when faced with crisis. Were they not faced with a crisis with the giants on the other side? Yes, they were. But Joshua and Caleb were inclined towards continual trust. That means it's a progressive, developing, continuing trust in God's ability to do what he said he's going to do. Now, beloved, if you're never in your word and you're never seeking him, it will be hard to understand what I'm telling you today. Because what I've experienced with God is because I sought that out myself in my troubles and in my crisis. When I am in trouble, it is the first thing I do. I wholeheartedly follow after him until he gives me a word. I'm telling you, I'm holding on to his garment. I'm not leaving. That could take months. It could take weeks. It could take hours. But that's God's thing, not me. My thing is just to actually wholeheartedly follow And so we see it with Caleb and uh, Joshua. And if we were able to line all of them up, 
you and I, if we have discernment, we would see the difference in them. We would see difference in them. You, you know, you've got people that you meet that are Christians, and you know that they have been with Jesus. You know it because when you look at their track record in their life, they're never down long enough to write anything about it. They always get back up. They always believe. They always go forward. They always choose God before they choose their own fears. It is something that was developed in Joshua, beloved. He was in Egypt, and he had to follow through and go and see all of what he saw with Moses. And when Joshua came and he was about to bring the people in the Canaan land, he had learned to progressively, continuously trust God. And now he's about to take in the new generation into this land of promise. Now, we know that without doubt that Joshua and Caleb's greatest accomplishment in life, listen to this, was their unwavering loyalty and faith in God. It wasn't his leadership skills, and yet he had a whole lot of them, Joshua. It wasn't his steadfastness and endurance. Caleb was steadfast and enduring. I mean, he was in his 80s, and he's, he, he was saying to God, give me the mountain. I mean, I think he was 85. It's <laughs> like you're going, where does he get this? You know, but it's because they made a decision. And God has been bringing us to this crossroad for weeks, beloved. He's been telling us, it's coming. I need you to make a decision. Wiersbe says this, the greatest need in the church today is for God's people to see how much they are missing by wandering in unbelief. You see, the reason they stayed in the desert, beloved, why that generation never went into the promised land is that they continuously actually walked in unbelief. They walked in continual disobedience. So they never entered in the rest. They never entered in the blessing. And so he says on, he goes on like this, he says, and, and then there are some who walk in the desert because of unbelief, and then there are others who are just on the border of the blessing. Instead of claiming the promises, you believe the lies over you, and that what happens is you always stay on the border, never receiving your spiritual inheritance in Christ. That means it's a hit and miss for you all the time. And then he goes on to say, we are a deprived people because we have failed to claim our spiritual riches in Christ. We are a defeated people because we failed to trust Jesus and what he has done on the cross and the resurrection to lead us on to victory. The story of Joshua is one, for me, is a story that brings me tremendous inspiration. It also causes me to want more to believe more. The practical message of the book of Joshua is that God keeps his promises and enables you and I, his servants, to succeed. The thing is, he says, we can only succeed if we trust him and obey his word. If you see it in scripture, it, it's never separated. separated. Even J uh, James 2.22, I believe, it says that, you know, faith without action is nothing. The action he's talking about, and me trusting and obeying has nothing to do about my salvation. It's about my deliverance here. It's about how I'm going to be experiencing in my crisis. Will he be my refuge or not? God keeps his promises, and he's able to keep his servants and gives us success if we trust him and obey him. 
And all of the spiritual message in Joshua, in the book of Joshua, is that God has given us a rich inheritance for his children, for all of us, you, me. He's giving it to all of us. So Joshua's success was his faith in the word of God, its commandments, and its promises, and his ability not to move to the right nor to the left when given instructions and when faced with crisis. He says this to Joshua 1.7. He says, be strong and very courageous. The word courageous, if you're looking, you break it down in different places in the Bible, it's, 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 it talks about reliance. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. See, Moses taught him, mentored him, led him. He says, be careful to learn and to obey it. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful, what? Wherever you go. Joshua 1.5, God told Joshua not to be afraid because of this. He says to him, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Are you hearing these words this morning? Do you know that Joshua was a type and shadow of Jesus? And the words that we hear in Joshua are words we can embrace today as children of God. He says, I will be with you. I will fight for you. I will never leave you, forsake you. So when you are, and if you are in a storm and a crisis today, and you have no idea how to get out, you are in a great place. You're in a place of hearing and finding out how God can do it for you. See, the result of Joshua believing God's promises and trusting them is that the Lord fought for Israel. How many times is we try to fight to gain grounds? We try to fight to be right. We fight, you try to fight for the justice. We try to fight for this. We don't let God fight. But Joshua knew he could not do it. He understood without God, it would be impossible. But we're so full of ourselves. I, sometimes I, I can't believe my arrogance. God says, no, stop what you're doing. I can do this. Whoa, okay. And then a few days, um, I've got the reins again. Here I go again. <laughs> and I'm just going, God, you're so patient with me. God is so loving and patient. You know, and we don't think he is, so we fear, we fear that he's going to condemn us and punish us. Are you kidding me? No, no, there is therefore now, now, no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. Oh, we have to learn that we don't have the strength to win the battle, but he does. The first and only thing Joshua could do was to trust God had at his word. Joshua teaches us in order to learn to flee to God, we must put our faith in his word, his commandments, his promises, and then we must learn how to obey what he asks us to do. You see, a lot of us, we proclaim a whole lot of things, but you know, revelation is just revelation. If I get a revelation from God, I gotta walk it out. I gotta fully, wholeheartedly believe that that's what God is telling me. This is God's way. This is how I need to do it. And if I do it, God fights for me. But there's some of us, we persist doing what we know we shouldn't be doing, and we're saying, oh, I know God's gonna fight for me. Beloved, you'll never experience it. 
But it's not that God won't, because you see, you're going to see with Joshua, Joshua, he goes and he makes really one big mistake in all of the conquering of the Canaan land. There's just one thing he didn't do. You know, he conquers Jericho, he conquers Ai, and then all of a sudden he's going towards uh, Gilgal. Gilgal. And what happens is that everybody starts understanding well, they're serious. The Israelites are powerful people. The God that they follow is like, we've never seen it before. So people are getting fearful. The other kings, because the land was occupied, beloved. And God was asking him, go and occupy the land for my people. And so now he's actually, he's done all of this fighting. And the Gibeonites were very fearful. And they were a strong city, a big city. And they didn't want to be conquered. They didn't want to get killed, so they disguised themselves and pretended and deceived Joshua, and they tell him, you know, we'll come and we'll serve you. We come from afar, and they're going on. And Joshua, the only thing he didn't do here is that he didn't actually bring God into the decision. He made a mistake. He, he makes a proclamation, does a treaty with them, but he never consults God. How many times do we do that? And we go, God, where are you? God says, I've been waiting for you to come to me with that decision. I've been waiting for you to rest in my ability to bring you back. And God, even in our mistakes, he can redeem it. That's why I never make it about my failure and my mistakes. I've got plenty. But the fact is, it's always an opportunity to see God at work. To actually cause me to learn to trust him more. Even in my foolishness. So he understand that all of life is a chance to trust him more. You see, it's our choice whether to focus on our ability or God's ability. See, some of us trust so much in our personalities, our abilities, our experience, that we think that we can go into battle unprepared. We think that we can actually experience God fighting for us when we don't even let God lead. And we have to think that when we go into battle unprepared and without God, there's great devastation. Many of us are experiencing consequences of choices because we've never brought God into the decision. We just are leaning on our own understanding. We make a decision. We make a choice. And it's, it's you. And yet God, even in that, God's grace is there. See, we know that if we don't follow God fully, what's going to happen is that we're going to be constantly moving to the right and to the left. That means when crises come, instead of staying true and fleeing to God, we'll move to the right and we'll move to the left. And those places is where we go to the, the faulty shelters, the, the, net, the safety nets that we have trusted, things that we have taken refuge in. And God doesn't want us to do that. We, we, we sometimes don't understand how costly our disobedience is in, in not experiencing God as our refuge. It's because of that disobedience that we haven't experienced it. Because he does fight for us, beloved. He cannot deny himself. You are his children. I am his child, beloved daughter. I am chosen generation. I've been called out. And I need to get to that place where I I believe that God says what he says. Jesus found, not Jesus, Joshua found himself in a battle. And to win this battle, he needed God. Do you know you need God today? Are we still thinking we still have reserves and strength and wisdom to navigate the darkness that we're faced with? Why do you think pride is an issue? 
Why do you think rebellion God hates? Because when those two are in play, then you will not. Not because God doesn't want you to experience his refuge. No, no. He wants you. It's already set in motion. You don't have to fight for victory, beloved. We're already in victory. But we might not experience this in the here and now because of that. And so here he says that to win, he knew he needed God. But what about you and I? Is God the place you run to? In every battle we face, are we either, we are either going forward or backwards? We need God's power. Do you agree that we need God's power today? Do you agree we need his intervention to go ahead? Oh, man, we need to be intervened. We need help from God. We cannot do it by ourselves. Joshua knew this, and every time he was faced with a challenge, and that there were many, he always chose to fully devote himself to what God had already said. I know that when, when, when he says to Joshua, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And then he goes on in Joshua 10, 8, do not be afraid of them. I have given them into your hands. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. Now, I remember when I was praying and asking God to navigate. Remember, my time is not God's time frame. And I wanted my children back home. I wanted them whole. I wanted them safe again. And there's nothing worse, even for a father or even a grandmother here or a grandfather here, to see a child not understand the decisions they're making and how much they are, the consequences of that will not only weigh upon them, but it will weigh upon the children's children's children. We can see the bigger picture and we cry out to God, oh God, Please rescue our children. But God is asking us, the parents, to get this. You see, this is where I understood in Proverbs, God says, if you fear me, Mona, then I'll build a fortress where your children will find refuge until they find their own refuge. I have experienced this, beloved. I know that God wants to do this. You see, Joshua needed a miracle when he faced the five kings, because that's what happened. When he did the treaty with Gibeon, but what happened is that the five kings rose up and said, let's go and conquer them. Let's kill them. And, but God said, don't worry about it. I will fight for your behalf. And Joshua, did he fret? Was he fearful? No, he stood. He stood strong and courageous, not in his own might, but in the might of the Lord. He says, Joshua 10, 14, surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. Because what happens is that he wins. What God does is he brings confusion into the camp of the enemy. He actually opens up heaven and hailstones fly out of the sky against the enemy. It's five armies and all of their soldiers against one. Come on. It was amazing. And then he does something spectacular. He holds the sun in place while Joshua does what he needs to do. You see, the enemy wants you to think that things will not turn out. But God wants you to believe today he's holding the enemy at bay. He's waiting for you to take the step. He wants you to wholeheartedly obey what he's already showed you. You want a miracle, you need to be unmovable in your belief. 
Would God, can God do what he said he can do? Yes, God says, I will fight for you. He said, I will do what I did for the Israelites. I will do this for you and your family. The whole story is surrounded and covered in God's amazing grace. Hallelujah. God is with you and not against you. But sometimes we think that God just doesn't understand. He does. God will journey with you through these battles that you're going through right now. Are you going through a battle right now? Can you lift up your hands so everybody else can see it? There are many of us who are going through battles of discouragement, sadness, depression, suicide, anxiety. We're going through a battle of finances. Hey, listen, have you seen what we're going through? The high, the hikes of the gas prices, the food prices, $10 for a bag of milk. God has been telling us, beloved. The Ukraine, the invasion in Ukraine, the unsettledness in the politics, all of what we're going through, God says, run Flee to me in these troubles, and you will see me fight for you. Proverbs 18.10 says this, The name of the Lord is a strong tower, a strong fortress. The godly run to him and are safe. Joshua reflected this truth all along. It was the Lord who gave the victory. He knew it. But Joshua had to trust God's instruction and obey him. And I think this is what the call was. So what battle is making you back down or back away from God? What are you experiencing right now? What are you believing about yourself, God, and the circumstances that doesn't line up to the word of God? You only have to look to what you, you go to in your crisis to know where you're fleeing for your safety. See, Joshua's story just tells us this, and I'm going to finish with that. He tells us, do not be afraid. Be strong in the Lord. Deuteronomy 24 says this, For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. When my children were experiencing these decisions and going through all of what they were going through because of the consequences of their decision, I had to learn how to stand in ways that I'd never stood before. I had to learn to believe. And when God gave me a word in Jeremiah and told me, cease your sorrow, I will bring them back to their borders and I will take them out of their darkness. Seven and nine years later, I see God doing what he said he would do. But in the seven and nine years, I needed to persevere. I needed to endure. I needed to fight. I needed to believe that God was fighting for my kids who were in Moncton and I was here. I stopped fretting. It was supernatural. God gave me rest in the battle. Now I'm going to finish with 2 Chronicles 2017. Are you ready? 
You will not have to fight this battle. God just gave me this not too long ago. I was asking for a confirmation. He's given me this many times just to remind me, who is your shelter? (laughs) Okay, God, you're my shelter. He says, you will not have to fight this battle. Take up your position, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. Now, being in God, sitting under God's refuge, does it mean that we do nothing while we wait for God to fight for us? Okay, let's make sure that we're on the same page here, okay? Because a lot of these scriptures, you kind of see there's instructions. God fights for us, but while he fights for us, we have to take up our position. And our position, beloved, is in faith. Not in the situation, not in our emotions, not what we think. It's what God thinks. We have to take up our position. We have to stand firm in our faith and be courageous and strong and remain where we need to be. We need to be quiet in silence when, so we can hear his instructions. So that means you and I have to push away the distractions. Have you noticed there's a whole lot of distractions? Have you noticed like there's a buzz in your head? You see, there's a warfare. Not only do we see the invasion, in the Ukraine, not only are we actually hearing rumors of war, there is a war going on in the heavenlies. And that means that if we're not actually being silent and quiet and waiting upon God, you will miss his instructions. Oh, he wants to speak to us. His activities there all the time. And so we need to push back the distractions, protect your time with God. And in order to do that, we need to also remember that when he gives us instructions, we have to obey what we've heard. And sometimes it's about continuing obeying while God does the rest. And sometimes we ask God for freedom, but we live in the here and now. Like we want answers to our prayer five minutes ago. Isn't that our society? No, no, no. We need wisdom because our, our time is not God's time. So we need to keep following through on what God is saying. When you make mistakes, beloved, when you fail, you need to get back up. You don't need to worry about being afraid. Now, trust me, what I'm telling you is I'm not telling you go ahead and sin. No, no. What I'm saying is that we have all moments of weakness. Amen? We all have moments of uh, humanity that comes in. But you must look up and say, God, fight for me. Holy Spirit, fill me anew. God, fill me anew so that I can go and fight this battle and understand that in fighting it, I am actually waiting for you to do all that I need to do. But I'm going to do the instructions. And while I do it, my children saw how I navigated through all of those troubles. They saw all the crisis we had gone through. And you know, when they came back, the one thing that the reality for them was this. We came back because we saw your faith. We saw that you never moved with your faith. That no matter what happened, you still loved God. You still were faithful to God. And no matter how hard it gets, I want to stay like that. Are you with me today? Are you going to stand with me and say, God, I want to do this. I want to be like a Joshua. I want a different spirit upon me. I want to wholeheartedly believe in you, and I'm going to do away with the unbelief. I'm going to do away with that sin. I'm going to do away with everything because I want to stand because this is when, it's, this is when it counts. This darkness is not going to get any better. We've been proclaiming this and telling you this for months. But, God, we have everything we need. Because God 
is fighting for us. I want the worship team to come up. We're going to do something a little different this morning. <clears throat> you were given your community, uh, communion cups today. We did not forget. I wanted you guys to remember that God is fighting for you. He gave you scriptures. I hope you wrote them down. I hope you just didn't hear it, but you listened and you've embraced it. It is time, beloved, that we go after the lies that the enemy has put in our hearts that keep us going backwards or being stuck where we are. It is time that we stand wholeheartedly for what God stands for. Amen? And when we do, when we're reminded of that today, then now we're going to take communion and we're going to be reminded of what Jesus did for you and I. You see, I did not deserve it, but that's what grace was. Jesus died and he rose again. He died and he rose again. He took care of the cure of sin and he gave us spiritual life. That's why, no matter what I go through, that life works through me if I let him over and over again. The word of God is true and faithful, beloved. So we're going to, do you have your cups? For those that are online, I want to thank you for joining us today. Um, as a community of believers, we're going to do communion and, but we want to thank you for hearing this word, and we want to ask you to go and seek the Lord. He has something for you. His promises are true. He will never fail you. All you have to do is believe. Turn to him and believe. Thank you for joining us.